Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. The number is 844-500-4242, and we have a lot to discuss today One thing that's on my mind as we're seeing this caravan that they're saying it could swell to about 15,000 people joining this caravan headed towards the border, our southern border. And as we see videos of buses dropping off illegal aliens at hotels in cities across this country, as we hear about lines at the airport that are no passport lines. And we talked a lot two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, about Ashley St. Clair and her experience, I believe, on a Delta flight, where she said people were had the bags that you get when you cross the border illegally. And she was asking one of the flight attendants, one of the airline's employees, you know, who are these people? Do we have identification for them? And he basically said, what do you care? They're human beings, too. Um, and that was, you know, according to her her account of what happened, but there's been a lot of situations where it makes you wonder how we can sustain this. And I think really the answer is we can't. It's an untenable situation. Um, there's there's no solutions that Joe Biden is willing to work with. He is not willing to enforce the law. That would be the easiest solution in this case. And uh, to him, that is completely off the table. And now what you're seeing is you're seeing these Democrat mayors, including Eric Adams. We played a cut from him yesterday. And now Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. So Mayor Brandon Johnson has flipped on this because at first he was he was on board with this 10 city that was going to take Chicago by storm. Turns out the people that live in Chicago weren't as crazy about this. The Chicagoans said, eh, no, thanks. No, thanks. We don't want a 10 city. And a lot of their uh, issues were that they don't feel like the citizens um, of this country. They said we have homeless people. We have veterans. We have people who need resources and people who need help. And and if the government can't help those people, I'm not saying that's the government's responsibility, but if the government's going to help anyone, it should be people who are here legally. And a lot of people in Chicago had an issue with that. And I think Brandon Johnson, as progressive as he is, he saw the writing on the wall here and he understood this is not what people want. And keep in mind, he won an election against Lori Lightfoot, who saw the writing on the wall a little bit too late. She constantly played to the farthest of the left progressive crowd and it did not work for her. She she really angered people and that was the result of why she couldn't win her election and the reason i bring this up is because now brandon johnson's singing a different tune and that makes sense so let's play this cut of brandon johnson you'll notice a shift in his tone here he's tackling this in a different way can i have cut 12 please we have reached a critical point um in this mission that absent Real significant intervention immediately. Our local economies are not designed and built 
to respond to this type of crisis. We are literally building a system as we go along. Yeah, my issue with his statement is the same as the issue I had with Eric Adams' statement yesterday. You guys keep saying the cities aren't built for this. They don't have the infrastructure. The country is not built for this. Until you can admit that, until you can admit that this is not something that, well, the cities can't handle it, but maybe if we had more money from the federal government or maybe if the country could take it. No, 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 no. The problem here is that no country has the infrastructure to have open borders and take in hundreds of thousands of people every month who are oftentimes not vetted, not vaccinated, and don't know the language. There's no country that wants to be prosperous or wants to have security that is built for that. So stop acting like, oh, well, in Chicago just doesn't have the infrastructure, or New York City just doesn't have the infrastructure. The country doesn't have the infrastructure. That is a huge part of this. And, of course, it's not just that Joe Biden is dealing with the issues in this country. He now has problems popping up all over the world. And one of them that the Wall Street Journal is doing a great job of covering is what's happening with Iran. And I just wanted to read you. I read a story from the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and I appreciated how they explained everything in pretty simple terms um, for me, because I don't pretend to be an expert on the things going on in the Middle East. But I wanted to read you just a couple lines from this. It's by Douglas London. I thought this did a really good job of breaking down the the problems with Joe Biden's strategy when dealing with Iran. So the the headline is Iran is pushing Biden around which you might be thinking to yourself, well, everybody else is, so why wouldn't Iran? Obviously, Iran's going to push him around, too. The Easter Bunny's pushing him around. You think Iran's going to really show this guy a lot of respect? Probably not. It says, hours after Hezbollah injured three American troops with an attack on an air base in Iraq on December 25th, the U.S. struck back, hitting three facilities used by the Iran-backed militia. Now, this response and you you hear this a lot you, you've been hearing this a lot with israel and hamas this word proportionate and, and that's how these u.s officials describe their response it was proportionate u.s military officials say there have been 103 attacks against u.s troops in iraq and syria since october 17th now several americans have been injured the u.s has retaliated half a dozen times against iran's arab proxies in both countries The math isn't working for the Biden administration, and neither is time. There's nothing proportionate about 103 versus 6, as far as I can tell. Iran relishes the idea that it is engaged in a David versus Goliath struggle with the U.S. This plays well in the Islamic world and allows the Ayatollahs to justify repression at home. At the moment, Iran is dictating the pace and scope of the conflict. The Biden administration, leery of escalation, has maintained a purely reactive military posture, giving Tehran's decision makers the impression that a window is open during which they can attack U.S. forces with impunity. In the past, this dynamic has emboldened the mullahs to push the envelope. President Biden mistakenly believes that restraint will prevent war. I would also add in he believes that talking about it will prevent war, like telling them, well, we don't want to get into a war. That's going to prevent war. What's the old expression? Speak softly, but carry a big stick. He's doing, Joe Biden is the opposite of that. He speak loudly when you don't need to. 
and then carry the smallest stick available. Never back it up. Just be a, just be a bunch of noise with nothing underneath it. President Biden, it says, on the contrary, the U.S. must impose a real cost on Iran to deter further attacks. Better for the U.S. to play offense than defense. If Mr. Biden wants to avoid a larger war, he should consider how his decision making would be limited by a single missile or drone that slips through the U.S. defenses and kills American troops. Now, here's where I disagree with Douglas London. He says the cable news channels would eviscerate him and his policy of caution. I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would. I agree with you that that would be a terrible thing and that it would put Joe Biden in a situation where it would be obvious to most people that his strategy of, you know, deterrence and his strategy of, oh, restraint isn't working. But I don't have faith that the media would cover it like Douglas London thinks they would. I don't think they would ever eviscerate Joe Biden in a million years for anything, let alone something like this, where they could spin it in a way to make it more favorable for Joe. This is all avoidable given u.s military advantages you skip down a little bit it says and this guy douglas london explains that he has worked the iran portfolio as a central intelligence agency operations officer so he has a lot of background in this and he says i expect that every time u.s officials announce iran doesn't want a direct war with the u.s tehran gives its proxies a green light to attack americans and israelis this is exactly what a caller brought up yesterday A caller on this show said, if you're telling them, like, we don't want a war with Iran, you know, we can't get involved in another war, they're going, great, great. So we can really push it now because they don't want another war. So we can get away with a lot more because they have a lot more reason not to retaliate. The U.S. needs to move quickly to change the status quo with Iran. Iran is already at war and considers its proxies expendable. U.S. officials are right that Iran's leaders have no interest in a war they can't win. The problem is that Washington is letting them fight the war they can. I skipped around a ton here. I did not read the whole thing, but it's definitely worth reading. I put it in my recommended reading for today, and I think you guys would like that piece. 844-500-4242. Okay, now that we've covered a lot of the important stories today, Nikki Haley, what's going on with Iran and their proxies and the border when we come back we've got a lot of fun stuff to get to we've got an airport meltdown that is taking the internet by storm we also have news about a chancellor the university of wisconsin chancellor who's in trouble now he was in trouble in the past for paying a porn star to speak to students that should have been our first hint that this chancellor Maybe it was going to get in more trouble in the future. You know, I always say, Jared, it's never your first time you get caught. It's like a gateway yeah. incident. Yeah. Someone says, hey, I want this porn star to speak to the students. I would be thinking to myself, you're going to be a problem for us, aren't you? We're going we're gonna to have to have another sit down with you at some point. And that sit down has arrived. And we'll tell you why. Um, and George Santos in the news. So a lot to get to when we come back. And I cannot wait to talk to the callers. 844-500-4242. Plus, you can vote in our poll question, which we'll do on the other side. You can vote in that at gracecurlyshow.com. But right now, I want to tell you guys about the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. This is an awesome device. And it's great if you're always chilly. And it's also great if you love to save money. Most likely one of those things appeals to you. Um, I, For me, it's both because I'm always cold and I love using the Gen 40 to heat up my office, to heat up my living room, and I love to save money. And this works awesome because you don't have to heat up your whole house. I don't use my dining room. 
I, I don't use my basement every day, but I'm sitting on my couch or I'm, you know, up in my office working. So I like to have the Gen 40 on. It's the convective and the infrared heat. It combines to create this really nice, warm you to the bone kind of feeling. And it's sleek and stylish. So it goes with every room I'm in. Plus, Jared, it's great for the office because you don't have to fight with your coworkers over the thermostat. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been in the isolation chamber, I guess we'll call it at my house, and uh, didn't want to turn on the heat in that zone just for that because I'm only there at night. So the Gen 40 is great because you turn it on. It warms up what you need it to warm up, and, and you get that kind of warm feeling all the way through, which is great, especially if you're sick and you get the chills and you're shivering. Um, you don't want to have, like, that direct blast of heat. You want to actually be, like, warmed uh, in in a convective way, and, and the Gen 40 is great for doing that. And next week is going to be down in the 20s, so... Now's the time to jump on a deal for a heater. And you would think, Jared, because it's prime time for heaters that they would jack up the prices, but they're actually offering my listeners $50 off with code word GRACE50. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to EdenPureDeals.com. Click on the Gen 40. You're going to see it there. It's a really cool, stylish-looking heater. And then when you go to checkout, you're going to enter GRACE50 at checkout to save $50. Plus, you enter that, you're also going to get free shipping. So that's EdenPureDeals.com. Use code word GRACE50. 50. You're going to get the temperature a lot higher. You're going to get the bills a lot lower. What's not to love? Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. We'll be right back with more of your calls on the other side. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. We were just discussing the situation, the ongoing situation with Iran and their proxies and how Joe Biden's trying to avoid escalation. But he keeps talking about how he's trying to avoid escalation. And I don't think that's helping. I don't think... That it's having the desired effect. And 508, I have the best texters. 508, even when I fight with you guys, I love you so much. 508 said, Biden's strategy with Iran, don't, don't, don't. But yeah, I would add this in. It's not just his strategy. Blinken and Kirby have also echoed that strategy. So technically, These are facts. Check them out. Technically, at this point, it's don't, 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 don't. So let's just say they know what they're dealing with, okay? They would be foolish to mess with tough talk like that. 844-500-4242. Uh, we're going to do the poll question here. You can vote in the poll question at gracecurlyshow.com. The Powerball is now at, I think, $760 million. So I've I've been getting some texts from people that they are playing it. They're having a little fun with it. They're trying to figure out what they'll do if they win $760 million. I love when you talk about this with people, Jared, and they're like, well, technically, you'd only get... And I know, I know you, the government takes a huge chunk of it, but it's like you're still ending up with a lot a lot of money. You, you know, you're still in the green. You, you might be able to treat yourself a little bit when you get a few hundred million more in your bank account. Uh, today's poll question is brought to you by Toyota of Portsmouth, where you can enjoy a buying experience that is easy, personalized, and moves at your own pace. Car buying the way you want it to be. Toyota of Portsmouth, Route 1 in Portsmouth. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Do you play the Powerball? 
Yes, all the time. No, never, or occasionally if the jackpot is high. Occasionally. 61% say occasionally, 30% say never, 9% say all the time. All right, now go to gracecurlyshow.com to vote. Would you prefer right now, Jared, because this is a shorter segment, should I explain a little bit more the details of Joe Biden's latest vacation, or would you prefer to hear about the porn chancellor? I'm going to go porn chancellor all day on that one. Okay, fair enough. That's why I asked. Uh, Wisconsin chancellor unanimously fired after filming online porn videos with wife. Before I even read any of these details, I'm just throwing this out there. What is happening? Like, what is happening? These chancellors make good money. I, I know that because how he writes about oh, the chancellors and the director of diversity and the this and the that at UMass Amherst and all these people who may hand over a fist. They make plenty of money. And I'm really starting to think that people who are filming these things like Susanna Gibson for tokens on Chatterbait. And who was the most recent one, Jared? Wasn't there another situation? Oh, the the, <laughs> the Senate sex tape. How could I forget? They, they come up so quickly. All these are popping up every day. I'm starting to think that people are really just doing this for the thrill. Like there's there's something here that is causing people to do this. I don't think it's a financial thing. I think it's just people want to make these videos and put them out on the web. And they probably it's in some to some degree, they probably want to get caught. I, I would even go as far as to say that. Yeah, the the cultural rot uh, mental illness is, is not limited to just one aspect of today's society. There's no way you make a porn and you put it out and you're the chancellor of the University of Wisconsin and you don't think you're going to get caught. Right. You know that at some point. At some point, you're going to have to answer for this. It says the University of Wisconsin Chancellor, who previously paid a porn star thousands of dollars to speak to students on campus. That should have been our first clue. After it was it was canned on Wednesday, after it was revealed, he filmed his own adult content with his wife and posted the X-rated videos online. Do you think that this chancellor, Joe Gao, do you think... That he is going to try to make himself the victim in this. Is he going to pull a Susanna Gibson or like the Senate staffer who said, people are attacking me for who I love. People are attacking me. Is this going to be considered revenge porn? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are anymore. It says the University of Wisconsin's board decided unanimously to fire longtime uh, Chancellor Joe, I think it's Joe Gao, citing his abhorrent conduct in a vague statement. I love a vague statement. And we used to get these sometimes when I was in school. Like they'd send out a letter. Someone would do something bad and they'd send out a letter. And my parents would say, what happened? And as a student, you always know. You, you hear it through the grapevine. But then as a student, you're forced to explain what the vague letter means. It's like, well, someone got caught drinking on campus. You, you always have to explain it to people when they send these out. In recent days, we learned of specific conduct by Dr. Gao, who is a doctor, that has subjected the university to significant reputational harm. His actions were abhorrent, the president said in a statement. This is a house of learned doctors. <laughs> It's a house of something. Gao appears in various online porn videos with his wife, Carmen Wilson, using Sexy Happy Couple as their public account name. Sexy Happy Couple. The films appear on sites like OnlyFans as well as Pornhub. Well, speaking of OnlyFans, that's a nice segue. We're going to talk about George Santos when we come back. We've got a lot left in this show. 
So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. I was just mentioning the Wall Street Journal because I was reading a piece on the Iran proxies and Joe Biden's strategy, his strategy of restraint and whether or not it's going to work. And I I like the Wall Street Journal for certain things. They actually they have a really interesting article today and it's comparing Joe Biden and Jimmy Carter. And I know it's not the first time people have brought this up, but it talks about how they were both in very similar situations. Jimmy Carter after his first term um, and how it was not looking good for him. Obviously, he also had to deal with the primary challenge from Senator Ted Kennedy. Joe Biden's not going to have to deal with that. But the craziest part to me was that they had all these quotes because Joe Biden's been around for so long. And, And one thing you can say about Joe is he's always talked a lot up until the last couple of years. He used to talk to reporters all the time. He used to love the spotlight. Now he's kind of hiding away. But there were all of these quotes of Joe Biden ripping on Jimmy Carter and how, you know, he's in trouble. And they're they're friends and it didn't ruin their friendship or their political relationship or anything like that. But some of the things that he said, if some Democrat today said them about Joe Biden, oh my gosh, would they be getting heat? I mean, James Carville is getting heat from John Fetterman for even bringing up the idea that maybe Joe Biden's not the strongest candidate. Some of the things Joe Biden was saying in 1979, that man's in trouble, politically in trouble. I'm not sure he said um, that Democrats need to retain the White House in 1980. I'm not certain that's Jimmy Carter right now. Can you imagine if a Democrat said that about Joe? How miffed he would be? He would be furious he challenged them to a push-up contest now that is of course the biggest difference between jimmy carter and joe biden which a lot of people point out and rightfully so as much as they're both disasters as president jimmy carter from what people say and this is my belief too is a nice person and he was trying his best to get America out of a lot of the problems it was in, as opposed to Joe Biden, who seems to be hell-bent on worsening the problems we're dealing with. That's a huge differentiating factor of these two men. But hearing Joe Biden or reading these quotes where he just constantly, and keep in mind, he always wanted to be president. So even when he was criticizing Jimmy Carter There was an element of that, I'm sure, where he was setting himself up, even if he wasn't going to run. I don't think at the time he was old enough, but he always had presidential ambitions. So it made sense that he always was taking shots at people and criticizing people. But so much of this stuff could apply to Joe. These quotes now that Joe Biden said about Jimmy Carter, that he... His unveiled, listen to this, says Biden said in 1979 that Carter's newly unveiled budget needed fine tuning to reduce the amount of spending the president had proposed and pull back on taxes. Biden at the time said there's a hell of a lot of fat in federal agencies and favored across the board budget cuts and employment ceilings. And now you have Joe Biden going around part of his stump speech now as a reason you should vote for him again is where he brags about how much money he spends. 
He acts like he's paying for it. He acts like he just took us all out to a big dinner and he picked up the tab. Like, don't forget who paid for that turkey. Dude, it's our money you're talking about. He goes on stage and he brags about how I've invested trillions of dollars in this thing. Trillions, trillions. As if that's supposed to impress us. I've wasted so much of your money and that's why now you're dealing with inflation that I'm also going to tell you doesn't exist. At the time, he was criticizing Jimmy Carter for his spending. And even the Wall Street Journal points out those plans, Carter's plans were austere by today's standards. Nothing compared to Joe Biden and his Inflation Reduction Act, the $1.9 trillion Inflation Reduction Act that by all accounts increased inflation. And there's one other element of this that's amusing is that they both dealt with Kennedys. Because even though I I don't think uh, Joe Biden's going to deal with a a Democrat primary challenger, he is dealing with running against a Kennedy, RFK Jr. I saw a graphic the other day because, I mean, Jimmy Carter is widely considered just one of the most unpopular epic failures of a presidency. Like you said, not a bad guy, but just that is kind of the standard by which all bad presidencies are measured. At yeah. this point in Carter's presidency, what do you think his approval rating was? So what's Joe Biden's right now? It's 33? 33. I would say it was Carter's 39. 54. Stop! It was on Fox. I saw the graphic. 54% heading into his wow. last year. Now, the hostages happened in the last year, so that led to the precipitous drop. But at the, by the metric of the worst, most maligned presidency joe biden is 20 points less approved than that yeah and the, the the other funny part about this story jared is how it talks about how joe biden was so responsible or he deserves a lot of credit for ushering jimmy carter out of kind of the dark ages or not even the dark ages but he was he was like a pariah in the democrat party after his one-term presidency people were so upset with him that he he couldn't manage to beat Ronald Reagan. They were so disappointed. And he became kind of this persona non grata in the Democrat Party. And Joe Biden really ushered him out of that and welcomed him back into the fold and had a good relationship with him. And the the true irony of it in the end is that the person who's making Jimmy Carter look like a much better president is Joe Biden. Talk about ushering him out. No one thinks of Jimmy Carter now when they think of the worst president ever. They think of Joe Biden. So in a lot of ways, sir, you did your job almost too well. Mission accomplished. Dave, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Grace. Happy New Year to you. You as well, sir. And, yeah, and uh, what gets me is that since Jimmy Carter's days, We've been in a state of war. It only takes one side to declare war for there to be a state of war. And Iran declared war on us back then. And they've never rescinded or changed their stance. They've been at war with us, and now it's an active war where they're shooting at us, and we're not even shooting back. So what is wrong with this picture? Do you think? And they have promised to do more of it. They promised to do more. And here we are sitting, oh, we don't want to escalate it. No, yeah, we want to just take the hits and let our soldiers and sailors get killed you know this is just totally dereliction of duty by our commander-in-chief man yeah and the other part of it too dave is that you when you're dealing with something like this you obviously want to go with your instincts if you're a leader you don't want to do that if you're joe biden because as 
as we've heard before from military experts, from uh, politicians, from administrative officials, his instincts are always wrong. His instincts are always off base. And the other option is, okay, so your instincts are always wrong. Literally, he could do the George Costanza. If, if whatever your instinct is, is always wrong, the opposite must be right. Every single thing. He was the one who told Obama, don't, don't go in for the kill for Osama bin Laden. Like, the, one of the biggest wins of Obama's presidency, Joe Biden was in the room going, I don't think it's a good idea. So he's been wrong on big things and small things over the last, how long has he been a politician? The last 11 decades. And the reason I bring this up is because if you don't have that to go off of, so your instincts suck, then the only other thing you can go off of is, well, I guess, advice from other people and history. You have to go off of what we know, what's worked before, what hasn't worked before. And as a lot of people are pointing out, a lot of people in the Wall Street Journal, a lot of military experts, this guy who's a CIA agent, a lot of people are pointing out that in the past, Iran has responded to strength. Iran has backed down when confronted with strength from the United States of America. That's what our guide is showing us. If we choose not to listen to it, then we might be dealing with the consequences. 844-500-4242. I do, Jared, I didn't mean to go into that Jimmy Carter thing. I just thought it was so amazing hearing all these quotes from Joe about and he was he was a friend of Jimmy Carter's, but it just shows you it shows you how different politics was back then that you could be honest about someone in your own party and still maintain a relationship. But it also shows you how Joe Biden was he's never really that good of a guy. Like even back then, you can hear how much of a jerk he is. At one point, he calls Jimmy Carter amateurish. If I was Jimmy Carter, I'd say with friends like you who needs enemies You're going around to all these newspapers telling them how bad I am. Janet, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, Janet. I would just like to, I mean, okay. Let's <laughs> see. I would just like to say that I worked under Jimmy Carter and I was in the restaurant business, in the restaurant business for 50 years. Now, I have never, ever, ever, ever worked under a president like that. There was no money to pay anyone. We had a 24% interest rate. Okay, we could not pay the purveyors that couldn't pay, people could not pay, the purveyors could not pay the people. It, it was nothing as horrendous as this was. I don't care. It's even worse than it is today. Yeah. And it's, I don't know where we're going, Janet, but I figured out last night, oh, Janet, I'm sorry, figured out last night, I put my real estate to debt together with my health insurance costs. It is $24,400 a year, which is more than the year's income I received from Social Security. Yeah, so Janet, just to the first part of what you're saying, I think when Jimmy Carter was president, the inflation was at like 13%. And Joe Biden's, as the story does point out, peaked at, I think, 9.1%. So you're you're right about that. I'm not trying to say that they're just as bad. But I, I do find the parallels of these two guys to be, at the very least, a little bit amusing. Because like I said, Joe Biden, based off this story, was constantly trying to bring Jimmy Carter into the fold. And the only person who's helped Jimmy Carter's reputation, and I don't mean personal reputation. Everyone says he's a wonderful man. But I mean his reputation as a president is Joe Biden. Because you're looking at this and you're going, wow, Joe was a critic of the spending back then. And now he goes around talking about our spending like it's something to be proud of. He's getting us into all this debt. 
He's spending trillions of dollars on like electric vehicle battery chargers that never get made. So that part of it to me is interesting. Um, One other thing here. The Bidens are again staying for free at the St. Croix home of their wealthy friends that would rent for more than $6,000. The 81-year-old president, this is from Steve Nelson, New York Post. The 81-year-old president is expected to stay six nights at the three-bedroom beachfront home of Bill and Connie Neville. It has an infinity pool, an unobstructed view, Jared, because, of course, you can't have your view obstructed. Uh, Offers an in-ground pool, picturesque views of the Caribbean Sea and an offshore island. Biden stayed at the same home last year over the New Year's holiday and also didn't pay a cent, drawing outrage because he had given the Neville's tickets the same month to his first state dinner as president which featured a heavily curated list of about 300 billionaires. And I'm sure he went over to all the billionaires and said, just pay your fair share. Just pay your fair share. And do you have any second homes that you're not using in the month of April? Just pay your fair share. And what's your spot in Aruba look like? The value of their free stay is $6,000. Biden's habit of vacationing for free and then not disclosing it on annual ethics forums has drawn unflattering comparisons to trips taken by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Remember, that was a huge deal that was all over the newspapers. Everyone was on TV going, this is outrageous. He didn't disclose it. He's a crook. But as Stephen Nelson points out, Biden, Biden's issue here has a couple of different distinctions from Clarence Thomas. His hosts generally aren't home. And the president travels at taxpayer expense rather than his benefactors. Now, the part about the host not being home, that matters because you're allowed. There's some rule that you're allowed to enjoy like hospitality from people. If someone wants to you know, give you a gift of hospitality, then you can accept it. But it, it's called the personal hospitality exception in the disclosure process. But it kind of goes without saying that if it's like hospitality and you're a personal friend of the person, then that means that they might be there. Like there, it doesn't seem like Joe Biden and Connie and Bill Neville are friendly if every time he shows up, they just happen to be out of town and he gets to stay at their house for six nights with nobody there. So there's just a few a few things. And also, like Steve Nelson pointed out, he's traveling on our dime, which I also think is important now. Why this doesn't garner as much outrage as Clarence Thomas's travel plans, you all know exactly why. I don't have to explain that part to you. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we will talk to Taylor Cormier, who's filling in for Howie Carr. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everybody. 
Today's car crossover is brought to you by ReadyWise. Global unrest is battering the food supply chain and the energy markets, and it's incumbent on you to be prepared. So get ready with ReadyWise. Go to ReadyWise.com and use code HOWIE20 to get 20% off your next purchase. Joining me now is not Howie Carr, but Taylor Cormier. And Taylor, I wanted to run something by you. We've been teasing this all day. This is something that's become very popular now. I don't know if it's the time of year, but people have meltdowns at the airport. Mm -hmm. People go crazy. And I wanted to play this. This was a couple, and they were very upset. They thought they were getting uh, an unfair shake from Delta. Was it Delta? No, American Airlines. I'm sorry. I'm getting all these tirades confused. Let's play a little sound, and we'll get Taylor's reaction. You don't care about the girls. Hello, everybody. Just American Airlines. This over. Start. Here we go. Dustin, here. I'm not kidding. Don't You don't care about the girls? So I want to tell you about Shelby stories. and Dolly. Shelby and Dolly. Shelby and Dolly. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it for you. Shelby and Dolly. That's it. Shelby and Dolly. Remember. Remember them. Shelby and Dolly. Remember them. I will. I am. I'm just trying to get home to the girls. So that was Anthony Thorne, the one trying to convince his husband, Dustin Miller, to calm down and remember the girls, to think of the girls, the couple's uh, pet dogs, Shelby and Dolly. But my question for you, Taylor, is what is it? Is it the airport thing? Are people just frustrated at the airport? Why are people having these very public meltdowns now? Or have people always been having them and... We just didn't have the access to it because of the phones and the filming. No, I think people are putting themselves first a lot more. They think that they're more important than everybody else, and their problems are much more magnified and significant than any anybody else's problems. What they have dogs at their home? Call the neighbor. Like call your call your cousin. Have somebody go over and check on them. When I first heard this, I thought they were talking about human beings. Of course you did, because that's how people treat their dogs, like humans. They're not. They're dogs. They're lower than people. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's the the hierarchy, right? Yes. (laughs) We we are their owners. They do not own us. And I just have to say, for the people working at the airport right now, it's like, God bless them. I mean, I know that there sometimes you, you run into people at the airport and they're not the nicest to us. But also, I cannot imagine around this time of year he, dealing with people every single day who are so cranky and who are yelling at you. Most of the time, the person you're yelling at at the airport has no control over your situation. No. And he was acting like his dogs had just been kidnapped <laughs> and were being held ransom. Uh, <laughs> They're at home. They're they're in their kennel. So you got to pay for an extra day. Whatever. Remember them. Remember the dogs. Taylor Cormier is coming up next. Remember him because he's going to be on for four hours. So don't miss it. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow, everybody. Wait. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't. <laughs> I thought it was Friday for a sec. We'll see you then.